You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your translator's ear, whether or not you have a translator. I hope you have a translator in your life. Because they are special things and we're going to miss ours. We will be talking about the Sung Hwan Oh trade today. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews. Back for another day, somehow. <laughs> Very strong, negative, emotional night last night. Watching the Blue Jays come back from the edge to try and avoid a sweep. Only to unleash an inning from hell in the 11th after four or five hours of baseball because that's when the inning from hell needs to come when you're tired and hungry and just watching Luis Santos give up hit after hit but we press on and I don't know if you could tell from the voice but probably not best that I do this alone so I have enlisted some help for the second straight day and I'm very excited about this. He's been doing research on the O-Trade since it was essentially consummated last night. I am joined by Jays from the Couch writer, Roy Widrig, on the program. Hi, Roy. Hello, Ryan. Happy to be here. I, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad I could get you on such short notice. There were a lot of moving parts in that Rockies deal that kind of finally got settled earlier today. And I'm looking forward to talking to you about them in the second half of this program. Because the first half is going to be very depressing. <laughs> a, a few of them have been pretty depressing lately. I know. Um, it was nice when they played that Little League team that came into town over the weekend. But, you know, <laughs> since then they've had to play a, a senior league team and it didn't go as well. Yeah, I know. It was great for them to, to you know, to make the Wish Foundation obviously contacted him like, hey, um, Paul Fry wants to get some major league action around his birthday. Can you can you guys play them for a series? So that was nice of them. And yeah, Minnesota came into town and just completely wrecked the Toronto Blue Jays' steez. But Yeah, when, when's the last time you heard that the Minnesota Twins came into town and just wrecked up the place? It just doesn't happen. No. Even when they're good, it doesn't happen. No, and they've been they've been doing better like the past month or so. Like they since they've gotten Jorge Polanco back, but that was just terrible. And I, again, it's the same. It's, it's the same thing. They keep running running bullpen out there, and and they just don't have enough arms out there. Even less with the Sung Juan O trade, but. I, 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 I got, I just sat there dumbfounded. Like, like I said, I was watching, and and I'm like, okay, I won't eat until this game is over. And mm. I know, I know, I I do it to myself, but I just sat there watching and and watching Blue Jays chance after Blue Jays chance to. To, to try and make that comeback. And when they finally did, I'm like, oh, wow. 
I, I wasn't expecting that. Okay, alright. I can put off eating a little bit longer. But it wasn't worth it. Because yeah. the, twins, the twins ran Matt Belial out there. A, a Matt Belial <laughs> who was DFA'd by Cleveland, who had the worst bullpen in the league prior to acquiring Brad Ann. DFA by Cleveland. Matt Belial goes out there and throws two shutout innings. And... Lowers his ERA to six eighteen. I'm like, we really couldn't get a run off that guy. And then Jaime Garcia gets pulled after two innings. He's pitched five perfect innings since going to the bullpen, and I'm seeing him in an entirely new light. Like, why is Jake Petrichka coming out? Can't we use Jaime Garcia for another inning? And yeah, when Jake Petrichka started throwing ball after ball after ball, I'm like this is stupid, and now we're going to lose. And that was even before Luis Santos came out to throw batting practice. But, yeah, it, I I give up. I, I give up with this bullpen, Roy. It, it broke Joe Biagini again. It, it doesn't even realize what's good about it. I, I, duh. I'm done. Yeah, and I don't blame you. Um, they've been scuffling for a long time, and <clears throat> to be brutally honest with you, I've been watching a lot of Bison's games lately, and their like bullpen's blowing it too. That sounds like and more fun. You know, you know, watching Reed Foley and Tellez finally start to get hot has been great, but then they turn the bullpen over, and they're getting knocked around too. Um, so, aside from Danny Barnes, who's on a rehab assignment right now, there are no good options within the organization right now. It is going to get real messy down the stretch. I miss Danny Barnes. Can we bring Danny Barnes back soon? Soon. I, I think he pitched last night or the day before, so he's coming, hopefully. Mm. Um, but, man, nobody's coming with him. It, it's, it's depressing. And, like, and like again, watching watching that eleventh inning, watching Minnesota do what Toronto has failed to do so many times and just string string good at bats along and just make pitchers pay for mistakes. Like that that may have been the worst part about that inning. Everything came with two out. Jake Patrishka mm-hmm. did Jake Patrishka things and got two ground outs and it looked great. All he had to do was get out of that. But then, no. Double walk, walk, hit by pitch on the back half of his leg. Which, Max Kepler already took a knee to the turf. He didn't need a fastball in there as well. Ground rule double, double, single, single, finally out of the inning. Absolutely disgusting. I'm still mad about that. Yeah, but that's that's kind of I, I don't know what the deal with Petrichka's been, but he's been very good, and these are kind of more like the uh, the outings you would expect from him when they first signed him this spring. Yeah, but and... Petrichka was getting trade talk. I saw him mentioned on MLB trade rumors like, oh, Jake Petrichka could be a sneaky good signing. Which, if if you can get something <laughs> for Jake Petrichka, go for it. Like I, yeah. I'm not gonna stop you, but the 
the best the best part of of the pitching staff last night was Jaime Garcia again and Tyler Clifford boosting his trade value. That's it. And yeah, and actually, you know, maybe maybe Garcia is replacing some of these guys in the potential trades. You know, it's a left-handed arm. They're not super easy to come by. Somebody's going to need a lefty here sooner or later. Yeah, and I think if they don't ask for loop, which they should because he's actually good and doesn't get nearly the credit that he actually deserves, um, then maybe Jaime Garcia is a decent option for somebody. But uh, you got to think Toronto's got to pay some of his salary because if his only use is in the bullpen and you're paying him to be a starter, that's going to be... It's going to be a tough move. Well, he, he could be akin to Liriano last year, which Liriano is also on the trade block, so <laughs> fighting against yeah. themselves, essentially. But right. it, it was just frustrating to watch. And I think I think another person that we might need to talk about like, seems to be the running thing this this week, just the offense not being consistent. Last night they were good. Like, four Blue Jays had three-hit games. Smoke, Morales, Grichuk, and Maley all had three-hit games. It looked looked good. But, again, there's a black hole in the lineup that ends up just sucking any momentum and preventing these these innings where you consistently string hits. And last night it was Yanhara Salarte, and it seems to be more often than not lately for Salarte. He can't make any contact and and consistently drive balls where where they need to be. And I'm... Like, Salarte has been mentioned in trade rumors, and I don't even know if the Blue Jays should consider them at this point until they know he's fixed what he needs to do, because it sounds like he'd be selling for, like, quarters on the dollar. Yeah, and luckily he's signed a little bit longer than the other guys, so the potential for an off-season trade is there. But, um, you know... Lars Gurriel is doing everything that Salarte was brought in to do, and he does it better. Mm. He's got more consistent power. He's still going to strike out a lot. He's probably always going to strike out a lot just because he's, he's got a little Kevin Plar in that low and outside pitch. is just a mortal enemy. Yeah, But he's a better fielder. He's a much better fielder. He plays a whole hell of a lot harder, and he's just, he's just a better player so I think once Guriel is settled because I wouldn't quite call him settled yet he's still got a ways to go um, I don't want to say it just makes Solarte expendable but it was nice while it lasted but yeah. Guriel's the guy going forward yeah and Solarte still got that cheap contract too so he's going to be an attractive piece right but yeah I just I, I'm glad that Toronto has been so in tune with the Make-A-Wish Foundation because apparently they're going to go visit some sick kids in Chicago now and maybe mm. that'll make everyone feel better about themselves. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I, we, we should probably mention the base running as well before we go to the break because that, that was the other key play was the Blue Jays with runners on first and third in the bottom of the ninth with one out. And 
the twins do this five infielder thing, which looks absolutely stupid. And I really wish that Major League Baseball would put in something against these these like loony shifts because it doesn't look like baseball anymore. It looks like softball when you get you know you get a weak batter up, which I may or may not have been that weak batter, but it it just looks foolish. It looks like a mockery, and I'd like to see them legislate. You know, if you're playing this position, this is your territory. You stay in this territory. None of this extreme shift bull. But whatever. Kendris Morales takes off from first base on contact. It's immediately snagged um, by, I believe it was Polanco. Yeah, it was Polanco. And, mm-hmm. and just got doubled off. And everyone's like, why were you moving? You don't matter. It's a tie game. The only person who should have been moving potentially on contact was Lourdes Gurriel. And right. And it's just it's so frustrating to watch stuff like that. Like just mental errors being <laughs> made over and over again by this team. Yeah, that's that's an instant freeze play. If that ball is not skipping across the turf, like as soon as you see it delivered and struck, um, you can't move. I, I can't say I've ever been in the position that I was the not winning run or, you know, like that. But it's like, you kind of put yourself in the position. It's like, what would I have done? It's like, I would have been standing on first base. Why would you even get a lead? Yeah. Like, you just, there's so much at risk there. There's one out. I would just walk back to the dugout and say, Ghost Runner, man. I, like, I'm like, I. The sad thing is I can see Morales, because, like, second he got on first, you knew he was a double play target, especially with another slow person, Indian Harvest Solarte, behind him. So I can see him trying really hard not to be the double play guy. And if it was a ground ball, then it probably would not have mattered with the speed Solarte hit on it. It would have been a double play anyway. But because it was preventable... I think that's why everyone got on their high horse and just like, eh, you just say, like, I can, I can understand what Kendris was trying to do. Did it work out? Absolutely not. But when you get into your head like that and you, you like, I have to avoid this at all costs, it can lead right into doing the exact thing. It's like the time travel paradox. You try so hard not to, not to squish a mosquito and you end up smushing a frog instead and then the world is populated by lizard people if if, if my yeah. history according to the simpsons is correct close but, enough um but anyway and here's the thing like a lot of this could have been avoidable in that you know they have what an 11 man bullpen right now and no bench what if you take out, you know, they just see what they do to replace O-Spot on the roster. If they bring up another ridiculously terrible bullpen arm, or if they bring or up Danny someone Barnes. like Dalton Pompey. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, there's too many relievers right now. I mean, there's too many relievers across baseball in general, but that's just the way the game is right now. But especially too many on this team, and none of them are producing Really? So, yeah. 
try to win other ways. And right there, say if you've got somebody like Pompey or Jonathan Davis on first base, maybe you're not in that situation. But you can't really manage for that one situation ahead of time because you can't plan on that sparse occurrence. But uh, otherwise, yeah, it's just, it's been ugly baseball for a couple weeks. Yeah. Or so, so you know what we should do? We should talk about stuff off the field, because the on-field stuff is depressing. So sure. let's do that after this break. Okay. 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 So obviously the big news for the Blue Jays last night was not the action on the field. It was watching Sung Juano and his interpreter, Eugene Koo, walking away from the bullpen, fueling all the speculation that that he was going to be traded. And John Morosi said Colorado, and Arden Zwelling spotted Colorado Rockies minor leaguers leaving the game. He ended up being half right. Sean Bouchard started the second half of the doubleheader. But Chan Spanberger is one of the names coming to Toronto for the veteran Korean reliever. The other one was finalized this morning and makes the trade probably more palatable than if it was just Spanberger and Bouchard because the Blue Jays end up getting Forrest Wall, who's a former first-round pick of the Rockies. And as Jays from away noted on Twitter, he was their number 13 prospect. So that's that's a decent pull for the Blue Jays. He's, going to be, he's number 23 now for the Blue Jays, but still, pulling a top 15 prospect off a team for a 36-year-old reliever isn't bad. Like... Like the combined Wall and Spamberger Hall, and and a player to be named later, there there are, could be someone else, which is always fun. But that combined Hall, Roy, I know you were working on this last night and into this morning. I wanted to get your thoughts about what the Blue Jays got for Sohuano. You know, when I was writing it up and the names were coming in, I was like, oh yeah, these guys are kind of interesting, and you know, I really like Spamberger, and I was. I was looking at uh, Bouchard, um, then noticed he was in the lineup, and I'm like, well, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but maybe maybe there's no cell phone reception in Asheville right now. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And, you know, this morning I woke up, and I'm like, man, I really, really, really don't feel good about this. Mm-hmm. When, it, when the news broke that Forrest Wall was coming, and I was kind of looking at Forrest Wall last night, and it's like, you know what, this one makes the most sense to come to the Blue Jays, and I'm like, Someone just report for us fall so I can go with it. But instead, we went with you know Bouchard and Spanberger, and you know, yeah. mostly everybody was disappointed. Everyone was let down. And then when Wall broke, it was like, all right, okay, yeah, that's pretty good. And yeah. player to be named later is nice as well. Player to be Think named later Spanberger. has a good chance. I, I like what they I like what they've got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um. Spamberger is, he's a big dude. 6'3", probably 240. Just one sale league home run derby. Hit 29, put a bunch of them through the windows in right field in some apartment complex. Um, you know, he's a big lefty bat. He's probably got some holes in his bat as well. A lot of bat speed, so it's kind of, you kind of want to think he's got like that grooved swing, like the Chris Davis type was the comp that was getting dropped last night. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting guy. I mean, he put he's put up 22 home runs already this season, and he's hitting 300. So it's like, you know what? If if he's in the right role, he could probably 
have some value, but then you get in the slippery slope of the first base platoon. Mm. Um, it's clear that he can play some outfield, though. He's not very fast, but and isn't a total liability out there. So he could find himself in left field eventually. Yeah, and when I was uh, when I was trying to do some research for this episode of the podcast, I got in contact with John Calvagno, who runs uh, SAL Notes. It's a league. It's a Twitter account entirely devoted to the Sally League and, and the guys in there. And I asked him for a scouting report on Spanberger, and I, I will quote him: "A strong young man with fast hands, a short, fast swing with lift, perfect power swing." It, he's got legit 70 raw power, which I if, he, if he's doing that on the fan grass, that's that's pretty good. The Blue Jays don't have a lot of power bats in the system anymore, that, aside from Vlad. So if they can find more guys like this who can develop like Kevin Biggio, like, that's, that's a plus. Um, yeah, and they don't have a lot of first basemen either. No. We've got Rowdy Tellez, but he's just now coming around in AAA, and it's been a year and a half. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ryan you know, deeper in the system. Yeah, and, you know, um, Ryan Gold's been playing really well for Lansing, but there's a lot of problems with him as well. They've been trying Ryan, Ryan Noda. Noda. Yeah, jinx. Ryan Noda's really streaky. He's He's got all the tools. It's just consistently putting together his has been a problem. Um, but he's, he's still pretty raw. You know, he's in low A, so there's a lot of time for these guys to develop. Um, but especially in the upper levels, there's just no big first base bats right now. Yeah. Um, so we'll see who we'll see who gets to New Hampshire first and starts, you know, putting pressure on Tellez. But right now, it's just that guy doesn't exist. Yeah, and... The other thing I wanted to mention with Spanberger is Calvano said his approach is aggressive at the plate, which wor- worries me a little bit. He's he struck out 82 times in 350 or so at-bats, so his strikeout-to-walk ratio is not great. He, he's not, he's not going to get out on base with his batting eye. Maybe that develops a little bit more as he progresses through the system. But he's got solid bat-to-ball against righties, which, again, we want people who can put the ball in play. And he's got a bit of speed. He's got 16 stolen bases for Asheville this year. So he's he's a guy who, you know, is decent, like, um, a progression. But, um, like you said, the he's a lefty bat and he struggles against lefties. He's like Curtis Granderson in that regard, so... Um, Calvano had no recent looks to see if he changed his approach, but that's something that the Blue Jays will have to work on with him. Um, turning to Wall, he, again, is a first-round pick. He's a former sandwich pick. Uh, all I've gotten from Twitter from him in the past four months is that he has friends who play Fortnite, and he will occasionally play with them. And he actually played with Logan Warmoth, which Did which he? was interesting. Okay. So so there is a yeah. little, little bit of a connection there. Um, but, yeah. Well, ho- <laughs> well hopefully he can uh, – maybe he can use his 305 average at uh, Lancaster to uh, provoke Warmoth into getting his average up down in Dunedin. Um, <laughs> well, I, I don't know if he'll be. He, he, he did get promoted to Hartford this year, so 
people who have been watching those New Hampshire Fisher Cats games for Vlad, they have a bit of familiarity with Forrest Wall. Um, but he he struggled in his promotion this year. He, you know, he's young compared to a lot of the Double A guys. But you you used to comp with Sean Reed Foley before we went to air, and he's a guy who struggles initially once he gets promoted, but then starts to figure it out a little bit. Yeah, and he he has he has struggled once he's entered each level. Um, that's kind of been a thing with him, and it is with a lot of players. You know, not everybody is bone flat. You know, this is a much more typical development path. And, you know, as of right now, um, LB Pipeline has got him at ETA 2020. So if you think about it, if he's at AA now, it's been 2019 at maybe a mix between double AA and AAA, he's still on, he's still on task. Mm. Um, now, the thing with Wall is dude can run. Mm. Like, it's, it's good to see that they've, they might actually have a burner. In the system, I mean, we've got a lot of these guys like Jonathan Davis and Dalton Pompey and Roman Fields, and they they have the the carrying tool of speed, but they don't really have anything else to go with it. Now, um, Forrest Wall, he, he grades out as at least average hit tool, um, not a lot of power, but he he should be able to not just carry himself with the speed because his stolen base totals are good they're not amazing he's got 28 this year which it's better than anything you're going to see on the blue jays um but he's also one weird thing about him struggling with hartford in the same amount of games he's hit six home runs with hartford he only hit three with lancaster out in the cal league so it's kind of like is he selling out for power right now like what's going on out there Hmm. um so it'll be interesting to see what he does especially with a really like tremendous team around him in New Hampshire. Um, you know, let's see what he does in 2018 and you know, yeah. maybe by 2013 or 2000, whatever next year is, um, we'll have a better idea of where he fits in the organization. But I think, I think he might be just like one or two adjustments away from figuring it out. Yeah. And I, admittedly, I'd like to see a, a bit better defense, out of Forrest Wall, they've been. Um, you you said before this is a position shift for him. He actually was drafted as a second baseman by the yes. Rockies and switched the outfield in 2017. So depending on how the Blue Jays feel, if if they feel his tools are better used in the outfield, he's still been learning how to play the outfield because it, defensively there is some work to do with Forrest Wall. He's never been a plus defender and. Even in the outfield so far this year, he's got a 974 fielding percentage, which, you know, when you're used, you're used to seeing Kevin Pillar out there and his, like, 990, that's not going to mm-hmm. play as well. So, obviously, there's still some work to do with his defense, but if he has a 2020 arrival time, there's time for him to work on that defense. And if he gets up to AAA next year and gets to work with a guy like Devon White, he should be able to improve his defense there. I, I wonder if this is a this is a front office move where they identify someone with flaws that can easily be solved within the Toronto organization. And if if Wall can develop into an option that, you know, pushes Anthony Alford, because, like, I've been penciling an Alford for the outfield slot, like, next year automatically. So if he's a guy who can mm-hmm. push Alford and and Fields, and I, I don't know what Dalton Pompey is at this point, but... <laughs> He's starting to fall off that radar. So if he's a guy who can push that, that's that's great. And that's a great deal for the Blue Jays to get both these guys for 
a reliever who's been performing well, but will not, sadly, will not be around when this team is competitive again. Right. Well, he'll he'll be retired by then because he's thirty six now. <laughs> mm. So, I mean, this is this is the autumn years for Sungwon Oh. But I mean, if he goes out and continues what he's been doing in Colorado, um, yeah, he could pitch into his forties, I think. But uh, I, probably I, won't be for the Blue Jays. I pray Colorado does not eat Sungwon Oh alive. I don't think they will. I mean, Adovino has been so good. And Davis has been good as well. Um, Brian Shaw has been bad. Well, Brian Shaw might have just been bad and just had a really good year in Cleveland. (laughs) These things happen. Um, But that's when you trade the guy and let him sign a huge free agent deal in Colorado. Um, But, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to see how Wall adjusts to the organization and, you know, uh, Spanberger as well. Um, it's they're interesting chips. Like I think, I really do think Spanberger has the higher ceiling, just because the power tool is going to be so much louder than um, Wall running around the bases, and you know maybe Wall won't have to run around so much if Spanberger is blasting him in with the seventy power of his. Mm, that's true. That's true, and it will be some. It'll be another thing to watch as. The attention turns to the minor leagues in 2018 because I don't know how much I can watch the major league team anymore. That's rough. But yeah, anyway, Roy, thank you for making a rough day much better with your analysis. Can you tell the people where they can find you? Uh, well, you like uh, Ryan mentioned, you can find me at Jays from the Couch here and there. Uh, probably not for the next week because I'm going to hide in the mountains for a while. But also, I am on the Twitter at R-O-L-E-W-I-I-I. And I will be reporting from Cooperstown this weekend. Ooh. See, that's that's awesome, and I'm jealous. Because I've not been to Cooperstown yet, and you can just, like, drive there. So... Yes, I can. Two hours. Yeah. If I two hours looking out the window. And you can follow me on Twitter at neoac18. That's neoac18. Follow the podcast at Locked On Jays. Subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever the heck you get your podcasts. And if you need something to do, you can leave us a review and let us know how we're doing because it makes us feel good. Anyway, Roy, thank you so much for coming on and imparting your knowledge on the fan base. Very much appreciate it. Thank you. All right. So for Roy Widrick, I am Ryan Andrews. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lockdown Blue Jays. And y'all take care.